and welcome to episode number 99 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk about the hobby that makes us happy, card games. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. Today, we are talking with the dice master himself, DM Armada. <laughs> That was pretty good. That was good. That's what the DM. I like that exactly. (laughs) I like it. That was that was pretty good. Um, All right, guys. But before before we get into before we get into this episode, we need to talk quickly about our sponsor, Amazon Audible. If you head over to our affiliate link www.amazon excuse me audibletrial.com i do that every time it's yeah, audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness you can sign up for your free 30 trial of amazon's audible service uh, amazon audible is amazon's audiobook service when you sign up you get a free credit added to your account all right so you follow that link get a free credit you can use on any audiobook within their service if you're an amazon prime member you get two free credits so you follow that link sign up you get either one free credit or two if you're an amazon prime member Get whatever audiobook you want from the service. It's great. It's really, really great. Um, I love listening to audiobooks on my commute. It really, it really helps me. Um, I, I don't have much time to read, so I'm in the car. It gives me some time to just listen to to an audiobook. And there's there's some really good ones out there. Um, so again, follow that link. Sign up. What's even better is if you don't want the service, you don't like the service, you can cancel before the end of that 30 days, but you still get to keep that credit on your account. So again. AudibleTrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. Find the link down in the description or the podcast notes. All right. So like Jim said, we are talking to a friend of ours, a DM Armada. This is a very fun conversation and really one that um, I've been looking forward to having for a while because I came across his content a long time ago, a long time ago. I've been following him for, for a while. And then we, when we got to meet him recently mm-hmm. at an event, that was it was it was it was surreal. It's from the from the point of like you know you you watch these people on TV and like you, you think you're never gonna meet them, it and then when you meet struck. these, okay, it wasn't really kind of because it's one of those you when you meet people that mm-hmm. you watch, it's 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 kind of it's a weird feeling. Yeah. It's it's a weird feeling. So yeah. anyway, that was fun, and this was a great conversation. Uh, <laughs> I I'm just remind the Uh-oh. first the first thing that we talked about <laughs> oh the important stuff the, yeah the, yes the first yeah. you know what let's 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 just get into it and you'll you guys will see you guys will see what I'm talking about yes. so here we go enjoy all right today on the podcast we are joined by DM Armada uh, DM Armada is a fellow card game content creator and a caster for games such as Flesh and Blood DM Armada how are you doing today sir good to see you thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here and hang out and talk card games. You said in the uh, beforehand that we were just going to talk card games, and then you just said it's all Lorcana. So I'm prepared <laughs> to talk all Lorcana if that's what you want to do. But I'll talk about whatever. It's no big deal. Sorry, I pull the curtain back so yeah. everyone knows what we were Spoilers. talking about beforehand. Yeah. Now, <laughs> all right. Now, now, b- b- before we really get into the episode, okay? There's there's one question that Jim likes to ask, but but okay. We already kind of know. The we answer. we we already kind of know the answer. However, this is another episode where uh, we we met we met uh, <clears throat> we met Stephen here at a local tournament, okay, uh, for MinMax Games for Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Okay. Now, Jim, Jim, why, why don't you why don't you just why don't you take this away, okay? Because this okay. this is this is your. Thing. <laughs> All right. So it's been what now? A couple months. It's been it's been a few months. It's been a few months. All right. So a couple months at that tournament, we met you. Do you remember the dude who was knocked out on the couch? He was sleeping for like three to five hours. Do I remember that, that dude? That dude yes, was crazy. I do. 
I, I do remember that, dude. Why do you ask? I, I mean, just wondering, because I remember seeing him there. I remember a couple people talking about uh, to him, you know, and um, yeah, this it was, was just, the, it was a funny time. This was the event that it was in the main air, like that, like main kind of conference room connected to the hotel, like right on the hotel. Mm hmm. Yeah, yes. and he was sleeping in the lobby. Yeah, yes. On that little, on that little couch that had no like arm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Remember that guy? I know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I remember waking up like a couple times. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. No one needs me yet. All right, back to sleep. <laughs> and I'm just knocking out for a couple hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? So yep. what? What did you think when you saw that guy? What was running through your head? Like, what was running through cool. my head? Yes. Uh, uh, that guy probably had a little bit too much. He he just couldn't handle himself. <laughs> All right. That so that guy knows how to party. So yeah. So so for those for those of you who don't know, Jim, didn't you like just come from work? You came yeah, like straight I, I from work. I just got out of work from running on like two hours of sleep <laughs> after leaving work. Eight eight hour shift two hours of sleep, did a 12 hour shift. And then I came straight into this tournament. Yep. And, and I'm like, you know what? That I'm not going to lie. Really I comfy. Yes. I literally, I literally passed you multiple times and I was like, man, I did not know day drinking was bad. <laughs> I'm going to put that and send, send my wife a text on that one. Say, Hey, Hey, we're, we're back in business. I, mean, I don't drink, but I don't drink, but you know, it looked pretty comfortable. So, you look so like you were having a decent time. So I was like, all right, guess we're in on this. Now, now in my head, I'm like, someone could have taken a photo and just been like, you know, sometimes you're going to skip your round three just for a nap. Yeah. I'm wondering. I'm also wondering how many people actually passed you by and then took photos. Yeah, That's I what know. I want to know. I don't know. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the unfortunate so, ramifications of too many O2 drops. You just descend yeah. into like depression. <laughs> uh, X, X2. X2. Drop. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry, sorry. We got to, you know, sorry. confuse them a little bit. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, so we, we, we talked to Jacob Bartram about this as well. We, we posed the same question to him and he was like, oh, that guy was you. <laughs> Dude, after the tournament was great when we were sitting in the lobby of that hotel oh, at the and everyone just was coming downstairs <laughs> like and they were like, wait, that was you. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's now let's go party. Come on. Yeah, and then we and then we and then we went to party, and that was and that was a good time. Yeah, it was. that that was a lot of fun. That was that was that, that was, was a lot a of fun. Night. Now, also, uh, so we we want to know, Stephen, when's the next time you're going to play actually play in a tournament? <laughs> oh, good question. Well, I played in three pre-releases this past weekend. Ooh, for a nice. Are you talking like big scale yeah. tournaments, or are you talking just like when am I going to play? Yeah, big tournaments. Big, big scale tournaments, large scale tournaments. Um, I'm most likely playing and calling DFW. Okay. Um, so that's coming up in what October, like October 10 or something like that. Okay. I think. Okay. Uh, I did not uh, did not go out and try to battle for a nationals uh, invite or anything like that. So I don't have one of those unless I. I don't think you can even buy those. I'm not sure if you can even buy those. Uh, I don't okay. think I would do that anyway. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, but uh, I think the the next large scale tournament will probably be calling DFW. Uh, okay. And I'll start prepping for that like next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So so um and we 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 mentioned this but before we started the call um and I I want to mention this again because I I'm sure you hear this all the time but the first time I came across your content was searching for Dice Masters content. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> Dice Masters is a game that. 
um, I first found out about from a cousin of my wife's and who's also a pretty big tabletop game player. Mm-hmm. Asked if I'd ever heard of it. I'm like, nope, never heard of it. So when I started researching it, I kept, I came across your content. We played. You remember when we played yeah. it? We tried yeah. it out. Yeah, I hated it. You did? I was not good. Mm. You were not good. And I hate the RNG man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh. all right. So, Stephen, for I think ca- I would I would argue that you're looking at it perspe- from a wrong perspective. Then, Ooh. if you're looking at it with a lot of RNG, you're right. Man. I'm looking at it through my perspective. <laughs> I'm a guy who played it once. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 there it is. <laughs> yeah. So, Stephen, for, for the, cause I'm sure that there's many people, you know, in our audience who listen to the podcast who have no idea what Dice Masters is. So, could sure. you, could you kind of give a top down explanation as best you could for like yeah. a new player of kind of explain what, what that game is? Sure. So, if you're going like elevator pitch, think a uh, deck building game mixed with um, uh, completely open information. So you know what everyone could do at any given moment. So deck building plus open information uh, plus uh, Magic the Gathering, and you have Dice Masters. So you assemble a uh, face-up team of characters that you will play alongside or as. Uh, And then over the course of the game, you will use a standard set of like energy dice to purchase more characters or actions that are on your team so that you can then go and execute your game plan. Um, The dice themselves have stats as stat lines and they act as characters in the field. Uh, You can attack, you can block um, in the same sense that you can attack and block in Magic the Gathering. Uh, You can uh, over time mitigate the RNG that you find in uh, rolling dice through a variety of methods. And a lot of it is uh, really good deck building and really good um, range analysis. And it very much rewards really high player skill and really high player um, understanding of what the two teams that you're playing, um, your team and your opponent's team, are trying to do. Uh, It is incredibly skill intensive and one of the best managements of RNG I've ever seen employed in a game. And uh, it is absolutely phenomenal to play the more you play it the Mm -hmm. more you learn how to execute certain things and the more you um, pick it up it's almost to the point where yes there is rng and you'll always experience that in just about any card game but the better player almost always wins and you find that in fab as well the better player almost always wins um, minus rng and things like that the same thing holds true in Dice Masters. And it is what it is the game that made me fall in love with trading card games. There's a lot of people that say, you know, Magic huh. Gathering was the game that, hmm. uh, you know, made me fall in love with TCGs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. I've played all three of those games before picking up TCGs and really diving in. It was Dice Masters that made me fall in love with it mm. simply because of how great that game is at medium, intermediate to high level of uh, play. It's really, really rewarding. Interesting. You know, it does make sense as to why I'm not good at it because it's skill based <laughs> and I can't just throw money at the screen. <laughs> you know? Well, you could. You could definitely do that. They had a couple of cards that uh, allowed you to throw money at the screen. Weirdly enough, the best card they ever printed was in a starter set. Wow. So really? everyone could play it and huh. it spiked too many tournaments and it, they took too long to actually ban the card and a bunch of people left the game. So. Weirdly enough, really? they actually killed the game to some degree at, at a time for a portion of time mm-hmm. with a starter set. Wow. <laughs> Which is so hilarious. silly That's crazy. to think about. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, that's a pretty powerful <clears throat> card. So, so when when I look at a game like Dice Masters, right, and then I compare it to you know the Big Three or all these other card games, mm-hmm. like before my friend <clears throat> or my wife's cousin had mentioned that game, I had never heard about it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's interesting be- to me because, and you've worked in a game store. Mm-hmm. Has there was there ever a Dice Masters community at Grapple? Oh. No, not at all. But we did have some of the stuff for Dice Masters for a little bit, but that okay. was before I worked there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, like, at, at its peak, well, I, I'm curious at where where Dice Masters was at its peak, like, player-wise, player-base-wise, and sure. then also kind of where it's at now. Like, is it still – because my understanding is there that's – it is still in active development. It's not dead by any means as far as I'm aware. Is that That's correct? my understanding as well. That's my okay. understanding as well. Okay. Um, I have not been in contact with uh, the company in a while. I haven't talked to WizKids or WizKids reps in a while. Uh, but my understanding is that it is still um, in active development as well. Okay. At its peak, do you know the game Star Wars Destiny? Yes. It came out yep. two years, two years, maybe <clears throat> three years after... Um, uh, Dice Masters did mm-hmm. what you experienced in Star Wars Destiny in the boom that happened and then the the player base that grew out of that mm-hmm. similar to Dice Masters um, Dice Masters fell off um, a little bit after that simply because I think the IP that they started with which was um, you know your Marvel your X-Men um, those were the first two sets mm-hmm. very extremely popular and then they shifted to, and they did a Yu-Gi-Oh set and there were people oh, that were yeah. turned off by that. And then they did um, right after that. I think they did. Uh, they either did one more Marvel set and then followed it up with a D&D set. So a Dungeons and Dragons set. Yeah. Or they just did after Yu-Gi-Oh! a Dungeons and Dragons set. So there were some people that were turned off by the fact that they were doing the uh, kind of standard whiz kids move of employing their bevy of really good ips right. uh, to put into a game kind of like what they do with hero clicks right um and there were also some people that were put off by you know a variety of other little ancillary things part of the game um, okay. that comes with any card <clears throat> game you right. know, like hey this card's powerful and i don't feel like buying it so i don't want to play it uh stuff like that right so you saw a little bit of a drop off but the best part about that game outside of the gameplay, and I, I would put this community up against any other community that I've ever been in, is the community that plays Dice Masters. The most wholesome people I've ever gotten to experience uh, being around, talking with. And I again, I would put this up against like the Fab community as one of the top uh, communities I've ever been a part of. Um, they are just great people, passionate about the game, but also care about each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you get when you have a smaller, more tight-knit community. Uh, it was a game that survives, continually survives, and, and thrives on the internet as well. Mm-hmm. It was the first game that I know of um, that actively uh, sort of dove into uh, online, like Google Hangouts play. Like, mm. I did my first, like... I don't know, online tournament of any card game ever via Dice Masters. And I organized it via Google Hangouts. Um, And so it was like 2015, 2016, um, that sort of online play via webcam really picked up and started in Dice Masters. And it took off and they they do online tournaments literally all the time. Like when COVID hit, Mm -hmm. nothing changed in that community. Literally nothing changed except... uh, you know, all the people that would go on Thursdays to this game store, they now just meet on Thursdays online. It's like that sort of thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a very, uh, it is continually a very tight knit community of players that are really passionate about the game and honestly are at a very high level as well. They're all very good players. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> so it, do you, do you still, do you still play that? Like, do you still actively play that or, or are you just, you mostly stick with flesh and blood stuff right now? I play that game with my kids a decent bit, mm-hmm. but I have not sat down and built a competitive team in, I don't, I don't even remember how long. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like getting on and, and rolling it out. I think I joined uh, the last time I did uh, a tournament with that community uh, was maybe 2021, 22, okay. somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, so either a year or two years ago uh, when I really sat down and played competitively. But my kids, I taught my kids how to play board games with Dice Masters. Huh. Um, and so my kids actively, both of my oldest two actively learned how to play a board game via that game. And awesome. so we play it from time to time at the kitchen table. Very cool. Um, we build a lot of theme teams because it's Marvel. It's really yeah. easy to get into, <laughs> yeah. especially into my boys' hands. It's like, right. hey, look, here are characters you recognize. Here are characters you know. Let's play with these characters. Kids love Spider-Man. I designed a Spider-Man playmat. We printed it, had it shipped. Boom. Nice. Play on that play spider-man teams that's what we do very cool very cool so how how did you first get into that game because you know like i'd mentioned you know i heard about it from from a friend hmm. a family member yeah. and i had never heard or even seen anything about that game before prior to that how did you come across dice masters uh so again when the game came out it was popular particularly in our area in the area that i was gotcha. in wow. and um it, people were playing it i was not playing trading card games at the time i was playing board games with friends and i had a friend that i had um, kind of introduced some board games to and he got really into board games so he would actually go to the board game store buy a bunch of board games we had a board game night one night and uh, we played a couple of board games and then uh i was playing we, we played this four player game where if you get killed, you get knocked out and you go like just sit somewhere else. Right. 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 And it was uh, it was a like a miniature style game that you uh, it took a while. So yeah. it was me and this other guy and, and we were kind of, you know, punching each other in the face with the miniatures as you would do. Mm-hmm. And my wife and uh, my friend here got killed. Uh, so they were just off to the side. They're just like, I don't know, checking their phone. Um, social media still existed, so they're probably doing that. No, and then uh, he pitched. He was like, "Hey, I have this other game. You want to try this? Come here." And he introduced her to Dice Masters because they had these box sets. Yeah, In fact, they're right back there. Yeah, they had those box sets right there. So he busted out the uh, the box set. He said, "Here's four cards. This is your team." He explained kind of the rules of the game. Yeah. After we finished our board game, I walked over to her to see what they were playing, mm-hmm. and I just kind of watched. And I was like, "Okay, this is intriguing." And I wanted to spend more time with my friend. And so I said, you know what? Let's do it. I'll go buy some packs. I'll go buy uh, the starter box. Mm -hmm. I have no clue what I'm doing. If I buy these packs, do I get the cards? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I just went to the store. I bought some packs. Uh, We met at Starbucks (laughs) and we played this game. And after playing it like two or three times and he kind of beat me a couple times, I was like, okay, I understand. (laughs) I I know where this is going. And And you will never beat me again. I started... Well, I mean, I'm not saying no, but I don't recall. I don't recall losing again in that respect. Nice. And so I started playing it and playing yeah. it and playing it. And then I went on YouTube uh, and I started trying to watch content on it. Mm-hmm. And no one was making content on it. This was uh, a little bit more back in the heyday of YouTube, I guess, almost right. 10 years ago now. Right. And uh, so no one was making content. There were like, there was this one channel. I still remember it. They did. Dice Masters gameplay. They literally just turned on their camera. Yep. Uh, they were playing via Google Hangouts. They turned yep. on like a, re- a screen <clears throat> recorder. 
and they just played back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I watched all of those games that they posted like yep. two times, three times over. Yep. And uh, I was like, look, I really like this game. No one's making content for yep. it. If I want to watch this stuff, I might as well go ahead and start making stuff for right. it. So I started making yep. videos yep. for that game. Yep. And and that's how and that's how a lot of YouTube channels started. Just like that, you yeah. you, you you see a need, you 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 see a need, you fill a need, mm-hmm. and it, it's perfect. Yeah. So that that's awesome to hear. So so you moved, you kind of moved from that into Flesh and Blood, right? Because I, I mean, I, I remember. I, I, I distinctly remember when I started seeing more flesh and blood videos coming from you and not Dice Master. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, huh? Because that was when I was starting to see more stuff about flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, you know, really getting into the game, but I just knew it was around and it was picking up steam, pretty mm-hmm. popular. What turned you on to flesh and blood? Well, I'll tell you this. Actually, I didn't go from Dice Masters to flesh and blood. I went from Dice Masters to Dice Masters and Keyforge. Oh, uh, yes. And I played a ton yes. of Keyforge. Yes. And I have a box in there with hundreds of Keyforge decks. Yes. Because I love Keyforge. That game is insanely fun. Yes. Um, and so I got, and, and in fact, I didn't even go from Dice Masters to that. I went Dice Masters and I played uh, Star Wars Destiny for a year or so. Mm. And I got into that with a couple of friends that also played Dice Masters. We played both games. And then I dropped that and I went to Keyforge. I played Keyforge along with uh, Dice Masters when I moved mm-hmm. up into this area. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't go to like Dice Masters events. I couldn't go to Keyforge events. Right. But I picked up Flesh and Blood because I loved the art. I yeah. loved the aesthetic. I loved the audacity of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you if you look back at what 2019, like October 2019, uh, Flesh and Blood looked like. It was like, Here's a here's an upstart TCG from New Zealand that is literally billing their logo and tagline as Flesh and Blood, the yeah. next classic TCG. Yeah. And here's a upstart TCG that is literally hosting two 10K tournaments in the US yeah. a week or a month after the game comes out. It's like, yeah. how audacious yeah. is that? Yeah. Like that is so worth following. And so I bought a couple of like products and I, I kind of got into it and I started like looking and reading and that sort of stuff, messing mm-hmm. around with deck ideas and really flesh and blood came on slowly for me it, yeah. as far as content comes. Right. Because right. at the time I, I put out like a how to play video cause I really believed in the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I put out maybe a couple of like, um, you know, the arcane rising set was coming out pre COVID. And so right. I, I talked about like some of the spoilers leading up to that. Cause I was excited about what this could do. Um, and then COVID hit and I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs with a lot of time on my hands. Right. And so right. I started building more decks for it. Mm-hmm. And I started playing that alongside dice masters and Keyforge. I played that through the, the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And so I was playing like three games at the same time, just back and forth, right. like uh, kind of juggling and slowly, but surely uh, flesh and blood just started taking over my mindset. I was just like thinking more and more about it because I just mm-hmm. loved the deck building of it. Mm-hmm. I loved the look of it. I loved how every hero felt unique and different and they all played differently. And I wanted to play all of them. Right. And then they kept releasing heroes. And if you want to play all of them and they keep releasing heroes, like what, what the heck do you do? Yeah. You just have to, you have to play it more. Right. And so that's what I did. I just kept playing. It right. And just right. kept putting out videos. Right. And, and, and now you, you go from that to not, now you're casting tournaments for flesh and blood. Did you, did you ever think you'd like get into that? Um, 
I hoped I would. Okay. In fact, I so here's the thing. My channel started with commentary. Okay. Um, everything that I did leading up to uh, like the first year was literally I took that webcam. I took a tripod setup. I went to my local game store with a laptop. Mm-hmm. I opened the laptop. I pressed record. I put the camera down towards the mats. And then I just played games with my friends. Then I took all of that home and I sat on Windows Movie Maker with a crappy <laughs> mic that for three months I did not realize was actually not working. And I recorded audio. All these videos are still up. You can go all the way back to the start of my channel yeah. and you can watch the very first video and you yep. can listen to my crappy like audio commentary. Yeah. And I literally just talk through every single game for a year yeah. that I posted Yeah. before I started doing like um, edited content. Yeah. And then yeah. I started employing edited content along with gameplay con- content. Right. And so, yeah, everything I did for the first two, three years of my channel was commentary or commentary adjacent. And so then uh, 2019, in 2019, um, September of 2019, uh, Dice Masters was holding their world championship alongside of all of the WizKids games. And they were hosting it at Graceland because ne- uh, WizKids is owned by NECA and NECA owns Graceland. So okay. Elvis and all of that, which yeah. is really interesting connection. So they actually hosted uh, the world championship of all of their games at Graceland. and um, I had been bound and determined to show up and provide a stream that people could watch and commentary. So the very first like official commentary event that I did was me and a few of my friends. We put together an entire stream setup. Uh, I put together all the overlays. I brought this monitor that I'm looking at to my left. That was our TV that that weekend. Um, we set up webcams, we set up microphones, me and a friend did commentary for 12 hours. The first day did commentary for 10 hours. The second day did commentary for 12 hours. No, I guess it was only six hours the third day. And that was my first official commentary experience. And ever since I did that, I had hoped that I could do more stuff like it because I loved that experience, even though I was blasted by the end of it. That, that, that is, that's cool. Now, now I, I have a question here from from a friend of ours. Oh man, says uh, 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 w- ask him what's the hardest part about casting with Flake. <laughs> the hardest part about casting with Flake is yeah. not going as off the rails as Flake wants to go off the rails. <laughs> because here's the thing: <laughs> if I'm casting not with Flake, I my goal is to take on whatever kind of traits that that caster wants to bring to the table okay. along with, of course, um, you know, trying to provide the the fundamentals, which I believe are important for commentary and for a, a broadcast and for people to enjoy at home. Okay. Uh, outside of those, I want to try and match the um, energy or uh, the overall demeanor of the person that I'm commentating with. Okay. With flake, there's a lot of fun manic energy and a lot of tangents that can be pitched. And if he's pitching out a tangent, sometimes I really struggle not to just go with it, lock arms and ar- like arm and arm into that oblivion, right? We, we just go off into that forever sky and just start talking about random stuff. Okay, I could go that. So for me, sometimes it's just hard not to do that uh-huh. and to try to... Uh, 
try to kind of keep it on the rails. And sometimes I just don't feel like it. Sometimes I just go <laughs> off the rails myself because you know what? It's been 12 hours. I feel like not doing it. You know what? It's my stream. I will take it myself. Thank you. That sort of thing. So that's, a good thing that's probably the hardest it. part. If I was casting with them, we'd go all over the place. It seems yeah, like oh my word, I get off the rails real quick. <laughs> <laughs> See, but here's the thing, though. I think it's important from a commentary perspective mm. to have a little bit of that levity. Mm. Now, oh, yeah, how much sure. of that levity is really up to, you know, the the coordinators of the stream. Right. Um, you know, just the overall, like, I guess the company to some degree. Right the amount of levity that you want there is subjective and there's of course too much, right? Kind Especially of. depending on the type of event, like you're commentating, you know, a world championship. You don't necessarily want to be talking about like uh, sloppy Joes and why you think they're a pox upon humanity, right? <laughs> oh, but That's not what you want to get into. On the sandwich for sloppy Joes, dude, they're so good. Really? Yeah. You take some, you take potato chips, <laughs> throw it right on top of the, the hamburger meat you throw the other bun on there sometimes you got to like double the size of the sloppy joe itself is this the kind of tangent you were just it's talking so about <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i actually i actually 100 percent agree with you i, Dude, I, I know lot some sloppy joes man. Uh, because honestly i hate sloppy joes until i figured that out uh, when i figured that out i actually i actually started being okay with it my parents cooked sloppy joes like every other week like growing up and i was like oh this is the worst and then i started putting just like uh like just in general like ruffles for example on there it's like yeah, okay 100%. cool add a little yeah. crunch yep. it doesn't it doesn't like just it's not just like slime mess that makes yep. me think i'm eating like ooze from teenage mutant ninja turtles no but like you don't want that kind of tangent on like you know the finals <laughs> yeah. the semifinals of a world championship but right. yeah you right. might want that if it's 3 a.m and you're doing like a stream of you know something that's going on that's a little bit more casual like right. that may be okay that's right. like People right. would love that. Right. And reading your audience and then also knowing that like they're there to be entertained right. by both gameplay right. and also by what they're listening to. I right. think it's, they're both very important uh, right. aspects. And, right. and I think a lot of people look at commentary and don't realize necessarily that there is a line to be towed and threaded and they perhaps prefer one or the other. But I think that's yeah. important to have both. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we have one other question from, from our friend, Matt. He says, uh, he asks, what is a type of TCG related YouTube content you'd never make? Since we're talking about the type content. of TCG related content I would never make. Yes. Or is there, is there anything you, you, you're, you would, you'll, you'll never say no to. You're open to pretty much everything. I feel like if it has value in some way, shape, or form, I'd be open to making it. Yeah. If if I find a either a topic or a, a type of video that is completely devoid of value to someone, mm -hmm. whether that be value in the form of like I learned something, mm -hmm. value in the form of I literally just need to take my mind off of the fact that this tragedy just happened and so I would like to have a little bit of levity, right. that's value that I really appreciate at mm -hmm. times myself. Um, mm -hmm. If it has value, I'm I don't think I would say no to it, especially if I think it's funny or if I think it's fun or if mm -hmm. I think it's informative. Right. I would go for it. Right. Right. If it didn't, if, if, I, if I found a topic that didn't have it, then I wouldn't I wouldn't pull the trigger on that. Okay. Can you think of can you think of a video type or um, content in general that you would not do? 
No, I can't. And in all honesty, I don't. I mean, you might be able to, but but I feel like there's especially in the card game sphere, the card, the realm of Villainous? card games. <laughs> Are you talking about specific games? <laughs> no, no, no. Just just type of content. He brings this up because when we started. <laughs> Look, what? dude, I just can't. I don't like casual games. I don't know what you want from me. It's not competitive. I don't care that you're going to have a tournament at some, you know, event coming oh, up. Oh, man. I don't care. You're trolling. <laughs> Jim is over here trolling. So we, st- we started, when we started making content, we started just doing a lot of uh, villainous content. We were playing a lot of villainous games. Jim didn't really like it that much. Oh, man. And you didn't tell me <laughs> no, for the longest time. I was just like, I'll deal with it. And then when he finally told me, I'm like, what? How long have you been feeling like this? <laughs> the best part the was, The world Dan, has changed. Yeah. The best part was. It was like you started seeing in color for the <laughs> first time. Dan, Dan even had to initiate it. He's just like, I don't think I want to do as much of this anymore. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. I've hated this game for a year. <laughs> I'm like, you What? <laughs> Like what is what? I'm like I had to deal with it. Yeah, I had to do it for the views. You Which know? and you know what? Like as as okay, as the guy doing it with you, like I can appreciate that to yeah. to some extent. But then I was also like, you gotta tell me these things. I don't want you. I don't want to make you do stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, which that, that was that was an interesting conversation. Anywho, anywho, let's 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 stay on the Disney train. All right. All right? Okay. We 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 mentioned we mentioned. Hey, did you know Ravensburger made both villainous and uh, a knockoff rush of Icor? Huh. <laughs> did you know that they made both of those? True. I've heard of this that? rush of Icor. It's supposed to be a really good. Apparently, game. it exists somewhere. <laughs> It only needed to be patented uh, April, uh, but it's existed in some form or fashion for years. I tell you, years. Mm-hmm. So how how much how much stock do you put in that in that lawsuit? Do you put <laughs> understood? <laughs> okay. exactly. Are we talking about this? That is the most asinine lawsuit I have ever seen, and I don't know anything about law, and I still think it is absolutely absurd. It is stupid. And I don't think anyone expects if you if you've looked into anything. Yes. And again, I don't know much about it. But if you look into anything related to anything lately with that lawsuit, hmm. it's not going anywhere yeah. or doing anything. Yeah. yeah, Actually, that's not true. It went to federal went to, court. Moved to federal court. Yes. I'm sorry. It actually court. did move. It moved to a worse spot for Upper Deck. So, yes. yeah, no, I don't yeah. think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And I would be shocked if it were. But then again. I guess I'm not the person you should ask on that because yeah. I don't know much well, about law. I just read about people that know about law about what they say. So. Well, it, it was it was funny too because like as I'm I, I started reading through that lawsuit mm-hmm. and like for for any card game player it it's it was kind of funny because in that lawsuit it, they're they're like saying this is the first game this is the only game that implements these certain mechanics and I'm like you're literally not though come on yeah, I know I know. <laughs> I know. So, so because I, I, I looked at that lawsuit and I'm like, I'm sorry, th- this just looks to me like a cash grab. They're wanting to stop. They want, yeah. they want to put a TRO yeah. and they just want yeah. to settle quick and just they, they yeah. need a cash if grab. If that's the case, Wizards yeah. could sue every card game. <laughs> well, the, the, I don't think they can anymore because of the, the, because we had that, con- we've had this yeah. conversation many times about I was the, just more so meaning like, 
how many different card games are like Magic. Turn, yeah, turn, came yeah. off of Magic's yeah. heels. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. If anything, we should be looking at like the original owners of Keyforge and going, okay, wait, stop. Let's slow down. Mm. Uh, we have a very similar setup here. Uh, things like the combat system works quite similarly in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot of shared uh, kind of design space that we're kind mm-hmm. of crossing over here. Is that the the company that should be suing? Because they came out first, mm-hmm. and Rush of Icor mm-hmm. uh, had a nice little summit, right? And they brought a lot of people in. They're like, "Hey guys, let's <laughs> let's come up with a game." Have you heard of this Keyforge thing? Let's, let's take that. Let's let's make it to where you can only attack the things that are tapped, <laughs> and then we'll put a then we'll put a Kaijudo resource system on it. Let's do it. We're done. We're done. Okay, wait. Now let's come up with an original IP. And then Ryan Miller's like, Nah. How about no? I'll take it to the best IP. I'll take my talents to South Beach. I'm just I, upset. This, that he it all it just Kaijudo. seems absurd to me. Like this this premise abs- seems absurd. Here's the thing, and um. <laughs> the the idea that you know this game is so unique and it's you know it 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 shouldn't share any possible like mechanic with this other game because the uniqueness is what matters is absurd card games sharing mechanics Mm -hmm. is going to exist forever agree the name name the last time you experienced a card game that had a truly unique mechanic unlike anything you've ever played before i have one you're talking about a tcg specifically like a t a i mean TCG, yeah you TCG? can even throw in just normal you, yeah i would go tcg yes yeah, ccg or you can throw in a card game the last time Jeez. i, feel I like- can't remember the last time i experienced a game include something like a pitch system in flesh and blood that to me yeah was groundbreaking yeah but but see, I played I played Marvel Champions before I played Flesh and Blood, <clears throat> and so that was the first time I had experienced a system like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Marvel Champions has has a very similar system to Flesh okay. and Blood, <clears throat> but I can't remember which one came out first. I think Flesh and Blood, Flesh and Blood might have come out first. I, I'm I'm not totally certain, but it's a good question. But we'll again, see. that's that's those those are games that again share yeah. a similar similar type of mechanic. One's a TCG, one is a living card game. Mm-hmm. So so very yeah. very different different types of Yeah, for me I games. think it was Vanguard in terms of when you would attack ah. something, you reveal off the top of the deck yeah. to see if you would get in a an additional effect. Yeah. yeah. Uh with with one of the triggers and then you just put it into hand. But then like that, that's that that system is kind of like in Final Fantasy, the reveal off the top uh, I mean, yeah, but I, I was it, just saying because Vanguard came out. Yeah, first. yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes, that yes. was the. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving another mm-hmm. game that has yeah. a similar. Yeah, with the damage check. <clears throat> right, 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 yep. and that's not. It a, turns like, out Marvel it, Champions came out in 2020, apparently. Okay, so okay. there you go. Okay, interesting. So for me, and thinking before that, I mean, like perhaps the asymmetry of something like a uh, Netrunner, or maybe you mm. go all the way back to like how. Um, Legend of the Five Rings had like these crazy disparate win conditions, things like mm-hmm. that, right? Those are truly unique. A lot of other mechanics, and I'm sure there's some out there that we you haven't talked about, but a lot of other mechanics are just optimizations of things that already existed. Yeah. And that's okay in a card game. Oh, yeah. That's okay yeah. in a card game. But can you sue over, you know, an optimization of a mechanic or a mechanic being employed? I don't know. 
I've seen some people that that say yes. I've seen very smart people say no, mm-hmm. uh, but and then they add more stuff to it. Right. I think that court case really doesn't come down to the mechanics and the theft of the game, which I don't technically put any merit into. I don't think it was theft, but again, I don't know. I think the court case, if anything, the argument comes down to whether or not Ryan Miller takes things from what he created right. over at Upper <clears throat> Deck and then actually you right. know takes it over to right. uh, you know the Lorcana creation. And, and honestly, that would be where I would be the most interested to see what comes of it. And if something happens through there, but I don't, I don't put any merit into anything coming of that. And I, I honestly don't really want to give it much more time of day because I think Lorcana is too interesting and uh, too exciting to really hinge that upon Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Right. Right. The the last, excuse me. The last thing I, I just want to say before we really dive into Lorcana is, uh, like, there's a game right now. Um, I think we've t- we've talked about it a little bit, but it's it's Alpha Clash, and that's and that's a game that like they like the we we've talked to the creator Ridge, and he's one of the ways that he pitched it to us is it shares a lot of things from a lot of different games and mm-hmm. brings it together. It's yes. it's familiar mm-hmm. but different. Except and t- the Clash Drums, that's brand new. <laughs> <laughs> Never experienced a. a persistent in the field uh buff or never seen like a pokemon stadium before. it was it was funny we we had we had him on an episode of our podcast and we were we were asking about the game and one of the things he he had a, this funny story about when he came up with the class grand idea he was like this has never never been done before and then a friend of his was like isn't that just a pokemon stadium card he's like what? <laughs> he had never heard about it <laughs> So that, that that was funny. But like I, I see something that's familiar but different. I think that's a good thing. Like yeah, I, I, I like I like being comfortable when I'm yeah, learning a new 100%. game. Like, oh, this makes sense. Yes. I get it. I get it. Like that's not it's a bad relatable. thing. That is not a bad yeah. thing at all. At and all. I'll tell you this. When I was describing that just now, um, I was thinking exactly of Alpha of Alpha Clash. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, we're talking today. My Alpha Clash vi- next Alpha Clash video goes live tomorrow. Um, and I say exactly the same thing mm-hmm. that I said in this. Mm-hmm. It's okay for games to have relatable, familiar, even in some cases, identical mechanics. Right. Mm-hmm. There's honestly not a lot of ways around that. Right. And right. that's okay. Right. I mean, go and design the most unique game you possibly can. You're going to have a hard time with that. Right. Um, And it's not going to go very well very easily if you don't incorporate something that is easily accessible to you and to the people that you're trying to teach the game to. Right. And that's okay. And I think if you take that and you optimize a lot of those things, um, for, for example, in Alpha Clash, I think one of the best, most subtle optimizations is that a lot of actions that you can play just draw you a card straight up draw you a card why is that optimizing because in a game where you take a card out of your hand as a like a land-based system and you place it in your resource zone you are over the course of the game if you're playing cards you're negative on cards right your right. card negative and you get right. to a point where you're top decking where you just come off yep. the top and you got whatever i draw is like i guess i'm gonna play that right. this is a fun experience hope i shuffled well right. and then you play the top card right if your cards draw you cards is as part of their effect along with the other thing they do mm-hmm. you're not top decking nearly as much you're yep. seeing more mm-hmm. of your deck you're making mm-hmm. more impactful decisions and all of that because they typed in draw a card that is a simple subtle optimization that really makes alpha clash a lot more fun than a card game that doesn't necessarily give you those ramp engines right. um, that you can run into the issues of right 
Lazy card design day. <laughs> I mean, it's I three didn't words. Say <laughs> it was lazy. Okay, <laughs> it's not what I said. I was I was literally having this discussion with somebody else today. All right, we were t- we were having two different discussions. It's this, okay. All right. So our video that dropped today, we talked about uh, this. So this week we have a lot of Alpha Clash videos coming out. We had our contenders. Okay. We reviewed the contenders today, and then we're basically okay. doing our entire set review this week. So in the middle of our video where we were discussing the contenders, we had a little tangent again. You and the tangents. Okay. You cannot keep us I on th- on point. All right. We were talking about. We had a design discussion. <clears throat> Basically, I made some comment about um, you want he wanted to see uh, here's an effect. Okay, this card does this effect. I want to see a card that says do it again. And I'm like, I think that can be it can be lazy card design. That was that was it. It doesn't necessarily mean it is, but it can be. It has the propensity to. And he was like, no, it's not lazy. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it can be. And then you just went you went off. But it was a good discussion. Nonetheless. So that's draw a card on 17 different cards. Lazy card design. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Wait, I gotta ask you this. Okay, so yeah. what? Are, so what are your both of your um, either favorite or y- the contender you want to go for? Oh, it, it was funny because Ridge actually left a comment on that video today <laughs> yeah. and asking the same I question. I know what your question. I know what your answer oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, mine is clarity. I absolutely oh, love yeah, clarity. That's the right answer. You yes. Stupidly okay, congratulations. Good. Well Stupidly done. Good. Clar- clarity is awesome, but I also would like to. I I want to build a really nice, a good mean streak deck. I would like I would like to see Mean Street get really good. Well, but... those don't exist. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> but yeah, cl- clarity is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So, I love drawing cards. Anything that yeah. lets me like opt, yep. scry, when draw you were, cards. When you were talking about like, oh, I'm top yeah. decking. Hopefully, I get something good. I'm like, not clarity. Let's take a look at these. <laughs> That's two. Let's right. Look at this. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. She's so crazy, yeah. dude. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Absolutely bananas. Sign me up. Exactly. All right. So, uh, so, okay. I, I, I guess, I guess I'll ask you this before we move on to Moral Arcana, but, um, there's, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games coming out, which is, is yeah. re- for, for GCGs is, is really good. Um, what, what games do you have your eyes on right now that you're interested uh, as in? As far as what? That, that you're interested in, in, in playing, just playing games that you would be interested in playing and potentially getting into. Uh, well, that's the, that's the weird question. And I think it's a weird question because I am open to playing just about any game, Mm -hmm. uh, that I can get my hands on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you want to know, like, um, I'll I'll just go through a couple. Let's just, that makes it easier. So for example, um, I did a stream today opening a bunch of sorcery packs because I really enjoy this game. You want to grab that right there? I really, I really enjoy how exploratory it is. I really enjoy how, um, how it it feels unique yeah that's just little just hold it up while we talk yeah i really enjoy how it feels um very fresh in a lot of respects it's got a lot of the same things that you would experience in like a genesis or even to go so far as like a legacy's allure um it's got a lot of the movement base there you go yeah yeah. make sure that glares off that we gotta see the the quarter sized Just keep getting larger and larger yeah, product yeah, placements. Right there. <laughs> this video is sponsored by Sorcery Contested Realm. Hashtag not sponsored. 
<laughs> Would you like to be the avatar that discovers the world? I, I I like that aspect of it. It's fun. It's um to me it it scratches a completely different itch than something like Flesh and Blood does. Right. Right. Uh, just totally like you're discovering um, both in pack openings and collection, but also when you actually play the game, you're discovering the game as you play it mm-hmm. uh, because you're creating the board and the world as you go about placing down, um, you know, cards from your atlas and that sort of stuff. And then you're playing these crazy effects and you're always having to like go, okay, here's this random effect that one, I didn't know existed or two, I knew existed, but I didn't expect to see here or mm-hmm. three. Aha. I knew it was going to happen, but that card sucks and I hate it. And it's really tough to deal <laughs> with. Like all the boards now flooded. Like, what do I do with this? Or, you know, that goblin is carrying a giant explosive device that will destroy everything in three turns, I love those guys. you know? And like, and so it makes you do these weird mental gymnastics to like, figure out the 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 problem and and Mm -hmm. try to solve it and so i like that a lot Mm -hmm. um i i feel like alpha clash scratches the magic the gathering itch without making me play magic the gathering (laughs) um and it's not that i don't want to play magic the gathering Mm -hmm. it's just that i don't want to play magic the gathering um there it is and i have yet to what you say that's right and i i have yet to experience anything in the realm of magic the gathering that makes me want to start playing it again. Yep. Um, and that's, I'm maybe that's a knock on the game or maybe it's just a knock on the, the company that's running the game or maybe it's both, but I don't know. I just, I don't feel like jumping back into it. I played it very briefly and it was fine. Mm -hmm. It was, it was what it was. Um, and so for me, I feel like games that optimize its mechanics are more alluring. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I wanted to play that style of game, mm-hmm. there are benefits to playing that game. I mean, like there are yeah. benefits to a lot of things in Magic the Gathering. And and I, I can kind of scratch that itch, in my opinion, with something like an Alpha Clash. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then you look at something like Grand Archive, which really threads the line between like flesh and blood and um, I guess something like Alpha Clash in some mm-hmm. respects. It has a lot of like really interesting mechanics that uh, are in some ways unique or good little riffs off of other games Mm -hmm. that I think are really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a matter of getting your hands on product, which is a really tough thing for that game Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of those, I mean, like you're looking at, obviously I'm very much excited to play Lorcana with my kids. Mm -hmm. That is the number one game that I want to go and and buy and play with my kids. And I have actively avoided looking at all the cards in the sets because I want to kind of experience some of it with my kids mm-hmm. um, obviously i've looked at a good bit of it but uh, i haven't tried to like deep dive because i don't mm-hmm. want to treat it like a flesh and blood like mm-hmm. i'm going to go spike an organized play event mm-hmm. i want to treat it like hey this is an experience i'm going to buy a, a box or two and sit down with my kids we'll open it we'll look at all the disney characters we know and then mm-hmm. we'll uh enjoy our time together so for me all these things hit on different fronts which is why right. when you ask what <laughs> what card games do you want to get into i'm like Yes, <laughs> all the answers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because of different reasons. Right. How much time will I have? That's right. the other question. Right, right. So, so what has you most ex- most excited and most intrigued about Lorcana specifically? Is it just uh, well, that you can one? Play with your kids? It's it's well, that is a big deal, but that's mm-hmm. not the most intriguing thing. Like, um, here's the thing: I already play Pokemon with my kids from time to time, mm. and like, if I wanted a game that was just to play with my kids. 
I could already just go and get a couple of the like little decks, the precon decks from that we have from Pokemon and just play that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or um, my kids are really into this uh, card game that came out a couple of years ago in uh, Kickstarter called Mage Noir. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. No. Highly recommend. Absolutely fantastic. Actually does feel like some very unique mechanics in that game. Mm. But to me, what's most exciting about Lorcana is that we're getting a riff on Keyforge in an IP that I love that I'm 100% okay with my kids diving into for the long term mm-hmm. and like along with me. And so really it's a package deal, right? I love the mechanics that are in Keyforge. Mm-hmm. I love the race aspect of Keyforge collecting all of the, um, you know, the, in this case in Lorcana, you're collecting lore you're trying to play to a certain number of lore. And if there's the push and pull that you got in Keyforge and the really kind of elastic thinking that you have to do right. to try and make sure your opponent doesn't hit there first, I am going to love that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to try it no matter what. And if, if it falls short of my gameplay aspirations, I'm probably still going to stick with it because it's something again, that comes packaged. I get to right. hang out with my kids to do it too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, those are all the aspects that really get me excited to play the game. Mm-hmm. So how, how excited were you when you, when you found out how the game played and then you put out your, uh, your watch your... the video. That's how I excited. <laughs> I actually, that was like the second or third take because like the first two takes were just me just vomiting words unintelligibly because I was so pumped that it actually, it turned out to play that way. I was like, this looks, this looks like it could be a Keyforge esque style game. And yeah. then it was, and I was like, let's go. <laughs> so I was quite, I was quite pumped. Yeah. I was very excited. Yeah. Well, Cause when, when I saw that video, uh, there were a couple people that I, I was talking to and I'm like, I, th- we think DM Armada is pretty much on point. He's, yeah. he's got it. And this is pretty much exactly how it's going to play. And then we found out, yeah, he hit it. Hit it right right on the money, right on the money. Yep. So, I mean, it looked like it and it turned out to be the case. So, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. cool with it. So, have so have you seen like many of the cards or are you just like I'm just not really going to look at really any of them? Oh, I've seen so I have put eyes on every card, but I have not internalized them like I would something like a flesh and blood where I'm actively going to build decks gotcha. and uh, play in tournaments. Gotcha. So like you could you could tell me a card exists and I would not be surprised by it, but I cannot read you out the text. Okay. And that is because I want to like take a card out and I want to go, "Hey, boys, look. Flotsam and Jetsam, they give rush and they give um evasive. Isn't this cool? Do you remember them from No, we hated that movie. It was terrifying. Oh yeah, I showed it to you too early in your lines. So. Oops. Spe- you know, spe- like that sort of stuff. Like I want that experience. Spe- speaking of showing to your kids too early, so we watched so every Friday night, right? Uh, me, my wife, and my kids, we have a Friday night movie night. So it's Friday night movie Heck night, yeah. and we and we, uh, and we have pizza. So pizza and movies Heck yeah. on Friday night. And it's normally a Disney movie, right? And so I've been we've been going back through the old school Disney movies because they haven't seen a lot of them. And we just showed them they hadn't seen Bambi. So like, you know what? Let's let's <laughs> let's watch Bambi. <laughs> I haven't seen Bambi since I was a kid. But I will tell you though. Neither had I. It's been a year since I've seen that film. My good, they do not make movies like they used to. It is. It was so well done. It looks so. It looks so cool and so good. I mean, even yeah, it's it's not digital. It it looks so good. It looks really. really, I forgot how well done 
well made that that movie was. It was very very cool. And then multiple times mm-hmm. throughout that movie, my kids were like, "Is this is this where Bambi's mom dies?" She gets shot. <laughs> I'm like, how do you guys even know that? You've even seen the movie. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know. So is there yep. is there one IP? Or not maybe not IP, but like uh characters that you're that you most want to see in Lorcana that w- either that we've seen yet or that we haven't seen yet, or like one movie that you really love that you really want to see some cards for? Uh yeah. So weirdly enough, I one of my favorite Disney movies in recent memory was Tangled. And mm. so like all the Rapunzel cards that I've seen so far got me super hyped. And so like I wanted to see like Flynn cards and like Maximus was cool. Like mm-hmm. I want to see more of that IP just because I really enjoyed that movie, mm-hmm. like uh, probably more than I needed to. Right. I, like it was a solid film, but like, I don't know, I, I'm a sucker for Zachary Levi. I think he's one of the coolest dudes. Yeah. And because yeah. uh, I watched him when he was uh, starring in that TV show, Chuck, Chuck if you've yep. ever seen Chuck. Yep. Chuck is great television until was, the last season great television yeah, yeah it was good it was um good. and so i i was a big fan of his and uh then he did the voice in uh, of flynn in that movie and i was like yep this movie's awesome mm-hmm. and then it was a good movie too and so yes. like uh, i liked that a lot um i liked aladdin growing up as a kid a lot so i liked seeing some of the aladdin cards okay uh, which was kind of fun and i wanted to see more of those okay. but the, i think for me it was it was like i want to see more tangled stuff okay. what about y'all I want to know from y'all. Well, I know. I mean, we know Jim. Go ahead. All right. So when you were saying you enjoyed Tangle <laughs> far too much more than you probably should have, uh, it's the same for me with Frozen. Um, you know, I will, oh, okay. I will dress up as Elsa tomorrow. <laughs> I just can't find the dress my size. It just doesn't exist yet. I don't think. Uh, so I'm going to have to get a custom made or something. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then you, you can go, you can go with uh, Penelope, my daughter. She, my, she she's got her own flo- frozen dress. She'll go. She'll Perfect. go with you. She can be Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, I think she may want to fight you on that one. It's all right. I feel like I'm a win, Dan. <laughs> like yeah, I think you might. Old. I think you might dust that one. You might be able to dust that one. That one's probably uh, firmly and solidly in your corner. Uh, right <laughs> um. Uh. So so for me, it's probably it would be two. Um. Aladdin. Aladdin is a movie that I destroyed when I was a, when I was a child. Meaning, I watched it, took it out, put it yeah. in the in the rewinder, and yep. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yep. So the tape burned. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that one and uh, Great Mouse Detective. That is uh probably oh, one of my yeah. favorite movies. Um. Right. Right. Right beside Aladdin. So when <clears throat> when we saw that Mickey detective, I'm like, you know what? Why is that not Basil? That <laughs> that should be Basil. One day. And I want to see Basil. That was a good man. That was a good movie. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid either. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. And I thought the ending was scary and just like the perfect ways. Uh, yeah, it gave gave me some nightmares when I was a child. That's all right. Rat Radigan Radigan was scary. Right. He was, he was like freaky. a good scary. Yes, like a good villain scare like that. Yes, yes. Um, I will say this too. I. I hadn't thought about Frozen, but Frozen was my first movie that I took my kids to in the theaters. Frozen 2. I took my kids to Frozen 2, Mm. and it was just post-COVID. And that was the first, like I I think, if I remember correctly, that was the first official movie they saw in theaters. Um, And that was a good memory. They're going to love seeing some of that because they love Frozen everything as well. Both of my boys just super into it. I think I know we took our kids to see Frozen 2 and I'm trying to think if that was the first movie that we took Mm. to see them to. 
It it might have been. I remember uh, when you guys saw it, you asked me what I thought of it as well. I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't like it. Oh, because yeah. Because I didn't like it nearly as much as the first one. Okay. All right. But Oh, and, my God. It okay. was better but than you guys the first one. Okay. It's a completely different it's way better. than what I did. Correct. It is better than Cor- the first one. Okay. So, and so when we were having this discussion, okay, I told him, I'm like, I have, I'm sitting on one side of my kids. Okay. My wife is sitting on the other side of our kids. Okay. Spoiler alert if you've never seen Frozen 2. Okay. Spoiler alert if you've never yes, seen Frozen 2. Yes. Please put the spoiler alert right? on a, yes. a predominantly Lorcana discussion <laughs> yes. on Frozen 2. <laughs> All right. So, so the point in that movie when she finds out it's her mom. Okay, and she's singing that song. <gasps> my wife, me, I'm looking at my wife. We are like bawling our oh, eyes out yeah, with our kids sitting. I'm like, okay, this this is this movie is hitting me in so many different places right now. And I've so I've been found. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. It's like both are going crazy about Show this. I'm just yourself. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it was her mother. Yeah. It happens in a lot of movies. It was a little cheesy. I will say that it was a little it was. cheesy, but the fact it was. that, but the but the part where like she says, "I am found," I was like, "Okay, okay, yep. that, that one, yep. that part got me." Yep, that, that got yeah, me we'll right go here. That. Look at my wife. Look at my kids. I'm like, "Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose it. I am not gonna lose it here. Keep it together, man. Keep it together. I don't keep it together, but that's all right. That's no, all right. I don't. I don't. I don't keep it together no. many times. No. I just let those tears flow. Absolutely, happy tears, man. Absolutely. Um, all right, so so bef- before we move on, uh, one last question regarding Lorcana. So, is what is? I mean, what's one thing that you think Ravensburger has to get right, if anything, for the game to succeed? Because right now, I feel like, I mean, the excitement level just feels like it is literally like out of this world. Uh, it it just seems like there's so much hype around the game. And I just think it's because it's it's a Disney card game. We haven't really seen a Disney card game to this uh, to this extent, to this level mm-hmm. before this. So, like, what does Ravensburger have to get right to really keep that excitement and intensity level up and for the game to succeed? It's a good question. And here's the reason it's a good question is what do you want from the game and what is success for the game? Do they want it like just cash do they want like income because if they want cash and they want income um they can do a lot of things differently if they want an active community then they have to do things differently even from that so Mm -hmm. if if we're talking what i hope is that they want this to be a game that is a successful long-term game and yes it's also perhaps a collector's piece for people that love you know, um, Disney IPs and it's, it's, it can, it can act functionally as like a, um, uh, I don't want to say a copy, but it can live in the same space as Pokemon where mm-hmm. there are people that just love the IP. Uh, but then there are people that love to play it. If that's what they're going for. And I really hope it is because I think it hits on all the cylinders. If that's what mm-hmm. they're going for, they have to convince local game stores that the game is worth carrying long-term. Because if the set, the first set releases and they have a box at an LGS and that box sells and they can't get more product and they can't get more product and they can't run events because people don't have product. And then the game has a second set and that does markedly better as far as print runs are concerned. The company that or the uh, LGS that is uh, looking at picking up that second set could say, "Okay, cool. Yeah, we can buy that and then maybe just kind of flip it to some people that like it. But I'm not going to run events. 
mm-hmm. and I'm just going to buy what I know the local community would want to probably purchase. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, it's not going to seed like a uh, Pokemon would. And right. so they have to convince local game stores in some way, shape or form that the game is worth investing in set after set mm-hmm. that it's profitable set after set and that it's worth running events set after set. And therefore you can have players in the store spending money at your local game store on this organized play program and uh, you know, on the cards themselves on the packs themselves. Now, if that turns out not to be necessary and they just want to go full Pokemon and just do their own like regionals and have people just like go and play, you know, those events and then just sell via the LGS. Maybe it can be successful that way, but I would love to see it played at local game stores. And that's honestly, that's what Robinsberger said when they announced their organized play. They said, Hey, we're going to have lots of uh, incentives for new players to, um, you know, play and old players to teach new players to play and play in the game store. And if that's the case, you have to convince the actual place, the game store to carry the game set after set. So for me, that's what I'm most apprehensive about. And I'm really most cheering for, I hope they, I hope they can somehow stick the landing and get, right. you know, stores really bought in and, and excited right. across the country and the world. Right. But in order to do that, they need to really print, like they have to print mm-hmm. a lot of product and with the way well, Alec- they have to, and they have to get it in the hands. Right. <laughs> right. And they have to add stores to the organized play right. pathway that they sent out emails for. Like all of those things have to happen. But wouldn't you want to make that easier for game stores to become a part of and not make it harder? But I mean, I think I think I think the wrinkle in this and maybe I'm wrong. The wrinkle in this might be Disney as a company, their involvement. I, I have no idea. Right. I don't know if they're saying they have certain standards that these local game stores need to meet the requirements of in order to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea. But I just think from a logistical standpoint, if you want to if you want to make you, you want to get more stores involved into this program. Yes, you have a standard. But if if only 10 percent of total stores are meeting that standard, then the only thing you can do is adjust the standard because if you don't do that, then are are there going to be more stores that you know get in ship shape, if for for lack of a better term, to to you know meet that meet that standard? But again, I, th- that's from somebody looking way on the outside. I have no idea. I have no clue. Well, if let's just pretend hypothetically that that is a point of contention. Why do ca- why do stores care if they're not part of it? if they don't see the game as exciting, profitable and something that people want that is, that is going to keep that store alive. So if they don't look at this as something like, Oh, you know what? This is going to be a scalper's dream and I'm going to sell out and then I'm never going to get product again. And, um, you know, someone's just going to flip this and this sucks. Why am I even doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, if they see the game like that and they choose not to continue to back it going forward, then is the you know is, is there really that much incentive for them to you know maybe become tip right. top shape as you described it right. and right. kind of get into that pathway right so they have to convince stores that it's worth it profitably right. like long term right so that they invest because stores don't have the unlimited capital you know right 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 yeah and and for a set one that's it's always a precocious place to be in right 
you know, yeah. and, and we're and we're in that position with with a few games right now. It's like here you don't know where it's yeah. going to go. And then, yeah. you know, you, and these these are these are things where you got to give it time. You know, the mm-hmm. community's got to get their hands on it to see to see what what they think about it. So um, I, I'm very interested. And, and the more we keep talking about it, like before we got on, before we got on this call, we were going over some cards and we we're just like, man, the more stuff we see about it, the more excited we're getting. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it's going to be really fun. And again, just just like you, I'm excited to get this into, into the hands of my kids, too, because mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the game that would get them interested in this type of hobby, mm. you know, in, in yeah. card games. So I'm, yeah. I'm very, very intrigued for sure. So, all right. Well, with that, with that, we're, we're going to move on to one of our, one of our favorite segments. And it's, it's been, it's been a little bit since we've, we've done a card of the week, but, but um, anytime we have a guest, we like to, we like to ask them to uh, give us a card of the week. And uh, we've got another one with, from a game that we have yet to feature on card of the week. So uh, Steven, can you take it away for us? What is this week's card of the week? Sure. This week's card of the week is King Black Bolt, ruler of Atalan. King Black Bolt is a Dice Masters card. It is a super rare. You can tell it's a super rare because it has a red stripe on the bottom separating the text box uh, mm. from the uh, sort of die stats on the bottom. It has a max of one. So in Dice Masters, you can bring generally four copies of a die and purchase those over the course of the game to get multiple triggers of the effect and use them. Uh, in this case, there's only one, and it's the king. It's King Black Bolt. He is uh, a decent stat line, as you can see down there at the bottom. He's a zero cost to put out there in the field. He attacks for three, blocks for two. He's a one four four, a one six five, and so he's pretty beefy in the field. If you're thinking like Magic: The Gathering, that stat line is pretty solid. And of course, you can roll out those on on any number of faces, and you can get different things from that. Uh, and he also costs uh, four, and you have to spend different energy types to purchase him, and you can't. Oh. Uh, spend question marks, which are the easiest uh, and most flexible energy types in the game. Mm-hmm. You actually have to hard cast him straight up to purchase that and put it in the bag. But I picked this card because uh, it was the win condition of the first ever highly competitive team that I ever put together and took into an actual like uh, kind of serious tournament and played in like a six round, seven round tournament. Um, and tried to do my best to actually go ahead and win and take down. And this uh, this was the linchpin kind of win condition uh, that set up essentially a burn combo, wherein mm. you purchased this, uh, cheating it out with a couple of really cute tricks and global abilities, which are instant speed effects that both players can trigger if you have the resources for it. Um, so you would do a couple of really cute tricks to uh, purchase a King Black Bolt, You'd buy some specific dice that match those energy. You'd get him um, cycling and then put him out in the field. And then he says this, when King Black Bolt is targeted by a global uh, or an action die, he deals one damage to your opponent. So you'd basically just target him a bunch with like this, uh, at this global ability, which is an instant speed, pay one, do a thing that doesn't actually matter because you don't care about the effect. You care about dealing the damage. Mm-hmm. And so it was getting him in the field, getting a bunch of energy, Um, And basically setting up an engine wherein you, on your opponent's turn or on your turn, just paid energy and popped them for one every time you paid. So you just go, cool, it's my turn. I roll six energy, pop, 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 
All right, move on. Your turn. Okay, your turn. I, uh, I'm going to do this thing and then block and then pop, 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 pop. And then you just kind of burn them down very quickly was the was the goal. So it was very burn heavy. Um, and it managed to take me into, I believe, the top four of mm, that tournament. It was either, nice. Yeah, I think it was the top four of that tournament. So I uh, I almost got to the finals and I had a decent favorable matchup and I just... I just missed it, but it was it was a blast, and this this card is very near and dear to my heart. And that was your uh, first major tournament for for uh, for Dice a card Master? game period. Oh, yeah, wow. I would say for a card game period, it was my wow. first. Like I, I, it was the first tournament that I really said, you know what, this is a large scale tournament. Um, this this is one that I really want, and I'm going to go ahead and put together a team. And there were a lot of team options at the time. Uh, the meta was very wide open in some respects. And so you could really kind of play just about anything. And this was the one that I went with. And that made it really tough because if you're, if you're building a deck of only 10 cards, you mm. have to think about what countermeasures you're going to include mm-hmm. in that deck. There's no mm-hmm. sideboarding. Okay. It's, it's, I, I build the deck. I am rewarded or punished by my deck building choices. Mm-hmm. And I go and I, slam it down into the field and see how I can fare. And uh, it paid off for the most part. Almost got me the top uh, top finals match. Awesome. Yeah, so you you, you say deck of 10 cards, and, and nowadays people hear that and they think Marvel Snap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe it was ahead of its time. It yeah. was a Marvel, Marvel game. Wow, wow. Um, so do you remember the time that we played Dice Masters, Jim? Yeah. yeah okay, and you really, you didn't have fun? No, all right. It was enjoyable. I okay. just I just didn't feel like I was good at it. And I was just like, okay, I don't even know if I, I want to get good at this. I game. wasn't good at it either, right? <laughs> Cause that was just yeah. I watched some of I watched some of his videos. I'm like, okay, yeah. now I know how to play. Yeah. Let's let's but pick I did a, enjoy it. Yeah, okay. It all was right. fun. There we go. There we go. So the cool thing about the game in in my opinion is that the more you play it the more layers are sort of unfolded mm-hmm. onto itself. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that only a few times with card games wherein like, okay, I know how the game functions, but I can think about the game in a slightly deeper and different way. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing that. And then you realize that you can think about the game in an even deeper way. And the further down the rabbit hole you go, mm-hmm. the more you understand the kind of conceivable possibilities and it, it feels like almost it's like chess, mm. wherein there are a variety of ways that you can kind of interface with. You could start, you know, you could just play like beginner chess. You need to learn how the pieces move or then you can learn that there's openings that, you know, give you some tacit benefit. But maybe you don't know why they give you a benefit. Why am I playing, uh, you know, king's pawn or queen's pawn? Why am I moving uh, the knight into this position? Why am I doing it now? But the more you do them, the more you start to maybe pick up on why you're doing those things. And then you start to realize that they have merit and benefit. And there's not many games that I've played that I've experienced that so palpably with Dice Masters. Mm -hmm. The same thing I could probably say about Flesh and Blood. Mm -hmm. Those two games to me really feel like they capitalize on the same kind of area of your brain wherein you really feel rewarded for learning deeper and deeper into the game. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a game that I can totally understand if you've played it once or twice and you're like, yeah, there's RNG in this. I'm literally rolling dice to see what happens in this game. And the more you do it and the more you play with experienced players, the more you go, Oh wait, maybe if I thought about it this way, or if it did this, or if I kind of 
uh, maybe calculated range analysis here. What are the chances that I roll this? What do I do? Like the more you do that, the more fun it gets and it just gets better and better. You see, Jim doesn't like to do that. What Jim likes to do is uh, it's my turn. Uh, I go face, go face. That's, One man that's, three damage. Yeah. I'll One tell you what, you know what? The, the I mentioned it earlier. The the card that broke the game uh, was oh, no. a, a a go face deck. It was a go face card. It was a Dungeons and Dragons card. It was a half elf bard, and it gave all of your stuff plus one plus one for each other type of character in the field. Oh. And it was cheap, and it was easy to get nice. because the game has some really sweet instant speed things that you can do, and uh, it broke. It broke the format. I remember watching one of the most uh, well-respected players at the time on a streamed tournament. Um, it was a mirror match of that deck, and it was a best of three. And they uh, decided who was going first, and she went first, and she missed the roll, and she conceded on turn one, and they wow. went to game three. And it was in that moment that everyone kind of acknowledged yeah, this deck sucks and it needs to be gone. And at the end of that tournament, at the end of that tournament, one of the uh, one of the top players at the time uh, literally took that card and like put gum on the back of it and smacked that card on the top of the stairwell in that uh, event center and quit the game all but quit the game in that tournament. Wow. And it was like, oh, they should probably do something about that. But you know what? You could pick it up and I could teach you how to play exactly half elf bard bard buzzsaw. We can go back to those days. Well, I really like this King that. Black Bolt. I want to machine gun stuff down. Well, hang on. Maybe maybe you bring it because you're because you're going to be in Chicago in a, co in a couple weeks, I think. Right. For, True, yeah. All right, you should bring I'll it. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there right after work. That couch is looking real good, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty comfy couch. I did sit on it after you left. It was still warm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awkwardly so. Mm -hmm. All right, well, th that is uh, this week's card of the week. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Armada, for that one. That is a very, very interesting card. So as as we wrap it up, uh, again, just thank you so much, Stephen, for being here. Um, but before we leave, can you tell everybody where, where they can find you and your content on the Internet? Sure. Uh, I do most of my stuff on youtube.com slash dmarmada where I make videos about uh, all card games as in anything that I can get my hands on. I'll probably make a video on if it's interesting to me. Um, so you can find that uh, information and all that stuff there on youtube.com slash dmarmada. I also hang out a lot on Twitter. Um, Twitter is like my new like social media scroll, which is kind <laughs> yeah. of weird because Twitter's yeah. super old now, but I didn't get on it until recently. And uh it's, it's a, a fun, fun time, so you can check me out at Armada yeah. underscore DM because someone thought that they should take DM Armada as a username before I even coined it, which is just stupid. All right, Charmer, so just just you sound like Charmer right now. Completely. <laughs> have you ever have you, you have you ever talked to him about his Twitter handle? No, I haven't. Now I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> yes. All right, that's it's a it's a talking point. Bring it up next. Isn't, time. isn't there, there uh, an Armada in Super Smash Bros. as well? There is. Yes, that's that, and I remember sitting in my son's room trying to come up with a name, and the first thing I thought was Armada, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap, that's taken <laughs> by some random guy in Super Smash Bros." And that guy's never going to go out of style. Uh, people will always remember him. How could I possibly like supplant that as this random dice masters guy on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? So I put the DM in front of it. There you go. There you You're go. perfect. 
Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. This this is a lot of fun. This is honestly a, a, a conversation I've been looking forward to having for a while, ever since I came across your content. So it was it was a treat. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, you know, hope hope we we hope to see you uh, sometime soon and, yes. and continue these conversations. So thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. It's nice to sit back and just relax. And here is another episode, another conversation where. We we finished we finished the conversation and we still kept talking for yeah. a while. I had to. We were like, okay, we have to. We got it. Mm-hmm. We got to leave. We got it. We could have kept going for another couple yeah. hours. He wasn't even planning on being there that long. He was yeah. just like, oh, I got a little over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, we went a little. We over went a an little hour. over an hour. <laughs> but that 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 was a lot of fun, Jim. Yeah. Jim, we're gonna get him to play Dice Masters. Kind of. I don't know. Are we? I mean, I'm down. <laughs> It was just, all right, all right. So I was thinking about it, okay? Yes, and I'm yes, like, I, I enjoyed it, but I enjoy games more when I'm able to um, research the game before I actually play it, and I get to uh, build my deck, you know? Watch his stuff. It's Watch just, his content. It's just something about it. Yeah, You've got I content. I know. I was just more so meaning from, like, the first time we played it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, got what what I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so I had that experience. You didn't have that experience for yeah, that. Yeah. So we need a game where you get that experience and I don't get it, and then <laughs> the f- tables will be reversed. The turntables. The turntables have turned. All right, well, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, thanks, everybody, for hanging out, checking that out. Um, before we get out of here, Jim, where can people find you and your you in, on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Jim Morgan, H-N-H. Uh, you guys can find me on, on Twitter, underscore DG Campbell, Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell. There's so many social media accounts now with the new yeah. threads. There's so <laughs> much stuff going on, so much stuff. But if you head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com, you can find links to all of our social content there. The majority of everything lives on YouTube.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. Mm. So if you go there, you can find links to pretty much all of our stuff. And that's the episode. Had a lot of fun. We're almost at episode 100, guys. Almost at episode 100. It feels 100. like we're one away. We are. feels like it. Yeah. I don't know if we are, but it feels, feels like, like it. feels like we're one away. If this is episode nine, what, <laughs> we're, we're so close. So close. And we don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to yeah. hang out. We're going to have a good time. And we're just going to talk about card games. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us today. And we'll catch you in the next episode. See you, everybody. Take care. Bye.